So I should say that um, we originally recorded this episode to come out as our third episode, but because of the time it took to start releasing our episodes, and also the fact that Hannah Gatsby became a hot topic because of <laughs> we decided to release things out of order. So this is now our second episode, and what would have been our second episode, Motel Hell with Ashley Nero, will be coming out next. Yes. Thank you. The substance we receive. Yeah, that this article I, I saw someone like retweet it unironically on my mm-hmm. on my feed. So there's this like um little like collective that i'm a member of them thinking about leaving okay. um, that they do like salons both virtual Sa- you have and to say friend. it like salon, salon. salon. And, I, and i've hosted a couple salons oh, and they like pay nice. the hosts who host salons like they okay. charge admission and you get part of it and it's That's like cool fun. but they're like very most of the people who do it are very like web3 elon crypto assholes or they're like the pseudo libertarian intellectuals like they're yeah like where it's like they have there's some like cool things going on but i saw one of them retweet this article oh man (laughs) ironically this this is like you're you're baby but do you know did you ever see um andy rooney on 60 minutes or like do you know who he is i know who andy rooney is okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. he was like i feel like this is like andy rooney writing an article about art where it's like why is it you know like why is everybody going to the tate and looking at the deal with the yeah like yeah like i saw the title art is eating itself and one i was like cool podcast fodder content yeah, yeah, yeah. always always content but two oh i'm curious let me yeah. read this exactly <laughs> yeah it's just, like, it's just grumpy man yells at clouds like uh western civilization is breaking down uh you know a historical bullshit um that i can't wait to talk about Let's fucking rip this to shreds. Vamp right. over. Vamp over. Here. All right. <laughs> I'm not cool Theme. yet with the soundboard. I'm not no, cool yet. No, yeah, you need a soundboard. All right. Theme. You can trust me with do, one. Do, do, do. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Oh, I got to come up with the fun oh, yeah, one this week. Oh, yeah, you have to do time. one this time. Mm-hmm. Um, um, welcome to Tinder Subject, the only podcast that paints in blood. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah, a Herschel Lewis film. <laughs> we're like the piss Christ over here, which Hell I'm yeah. gonna talk about. <laughs> we we stand piss Christ. On yeah, this we podcast. do. We love piss Christ. We love piss Christ. And who the hell are you? <laughs> oh, I'm Kate. <laughs> My pronouns are she or they. Um, dealer's choice, and I'm a um. An artist, a visual artist, um, who who hated this art, this th- thing that we're going to talk about in a moment. Um, and I live in South Philly. And who are you? I'm Jay. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a librarian, but I know a lot about art and care a lot about it. And considered like being an art teacher when I was in high school, like I did like 
like I had been in like art classes since like middle school and took advanced art and took like art history yeah. classes like in like college level like in high school and stuff and had considered maybe being an art teacher but decided against it. Um, so I know a lot of art and I care a lot about it and I love weirdo asshole contemporary art too. Like the yes. stuff that's like this is not a painting and it's just drill holes where a painting would be and I'm like yeah, yeah I love the like, conceptual art love that shit yeah yeah like, all the me asshole too. art. I love the asshole. Like yeah. your three-year-old could paint this art. I'm here I for I want to talk about that. Yes, yeah, I do I... too. I want to talk about it because no, your three-year-old couldn't fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I got my MFA um, like seven years ago. Yeah. Um, in a pretty conceptual program um, where it was a studio art program. So they really like... Um, privileged i guess like conceptual practice over material so mm -hmm. um a lot of people worked in a lot of different um mediums except for the painters which painters always stick to painting that's the thing i don't you know i a, a bunch of painters are gonna scream at me in a minute but i feel like it's like one of those things painting has a different language um than a lot of other uh contemporary art practices which is really interesting and i don't know that much about it so i try not to talk about painting that much because it's not my um milieu, milieu. <laughs> but um so we are talking about a an article that an essay that jay sent um to me <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> yeah thank you from the spectator already off to a good start i know uh, uh, so uh, by a Written by a British conservative, so you can Named make Emma Webb make all sorts of yeah, like um cliches and and assumptions about Emma Webb, and they're probably true. Take a second, think about what Emma Webb might be involved in. Yep, yeah. Take what? a second. Hmm. And if you look Emma at her Webb byline, like? she's the director of the Common Sense Society Ooh. UK. Ooh. God bless America. <laughs> Oh, and the Common Sense Society, who who um, recently had a lecture called Uncanceling Richmond's History. I'm sure that was fascinating and exciting. And it's about it's um it's like your typical kind of like return to return return. Um, uh, where is there? Oh, they're about. So they're about it's like the pursuit of liberty and freedom or oh the per, the pursuit of liberty prosperity and beauty um the pursuit of sucking my dick that's what yeah. it is like <laughs> fuck off <laughs> so you know you can make um <laughs> A lot of assumptions about what Emma Stone is going to say about art, and you would be like, right. Get your bingo cards ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Does she talk about Western civilization? Yes. She sure does, does. she talk about how beautiful Westminster Abbey is? Sure yes. does. <laughs> does she quote an art historian who was a Catholic who um, traced? Uh, the connection between uh nah. contemporary art being ugly and the loss of god yes she does <laughs> <laughs> and why the hell are we talking about this article on our sicko mode cannibalism 
podcast? <laughs> you might be wondering. <laughs> well, it's because this lady titled it Art is Eating Itself and yeah. mentions cannibalism and like cannibalist imagery several times poorly throughout yes. the article. And uh, I'm a masochist, so. <laughs> yeah. But I thought, you know, it's like it, it, um, I was listening to a podcast um on uh the the brooklyn institute for social research podcast um mm -hmm. cultural marxism which is funny it's kind of a little joke a little um, jokey joke little joke about criticism and like you know one of the things about um you know engaging even th with things that we really don't like uh, critically not reading it for like and enjoying it but critically it's like it did take me on a lot of um journeys uh and there are some things in this that i agree with yeah i had a couple things i agree with some of the things i think okay so her main premise is that everything's too woke yeah basically that there's a sort of a an idea uh, like a um of kind of fascist ideological um like limiting hold on the yeah. art on like curatorial world at the moment that like everything that is like in a contemporary or modern art museum has to be woke yeah um like at one point she quotes like she brings up the image of the Ouroboros like where it's like a snake eating its own tail where it's like this cycle of everything just eating itself and regurgitating itself and like being limited to this one like very narrow aspect of what artistic representation could be right and yeah. I guess I I this is this is like where sort of like you know the idea of like the liberal elite art world and the like conservative um also elite art world are like actually attacking each other but also don't this is like the whole uh what no class analysis does to a motherfucker right because the thing is is like sometimes it's like okay we're mad about the same thing but you're mad about it for different reasons and want a different result <laughs> right exactly right. and it's yeah. like yes the art world is really fucked up but what's and a eating... lot of it is just like feeding off of oh we know this thing is popular red profitable right now and so it's cynical right and it's, yeah. it's very cynical it's totally true it's incredibly yeah. cynical um like what use does it do putting like land acknowledgements and stuff in an art museum if the art museum is not going to do anything about repatriation or anything about giving that land back right exactly but like <laughs> you know? the way this article is um approaching it is you know kind of more that like this is a problem of aesthetics and not like a problem of capitalism because i mean obviously yes. they can't talk about capitalism because they're libertarians but um the artists aren't doing this the artwork i mean some some artists are doing it like banksy's doing it but i right. mean i guess you could argue at this point that banksy's just sort of a um i don't know like Banksy's so self-aware, he's like milking it yeah, on purpose, yeah. and that's part of the joke now. <laughs> right. Like he's and, just sh he's just shit posting for a living. Right. Yeah, and like he's that's part of the problem too. But like the art world, like so. Okay, so so she uses one example that like um a couple of years ago, 
Oh, anything can be art is a cliche. A couple of years ago, an Italian artist sold an invisible, yes, non-existent. I love how yeah. she put that in because it's like for your dad oh, to off. read and be like, what? Non-existent. Um, oh, no. Um, an invisible. Art that makes me think. Oh. Yeah, non-existent sculpture for 12,000 pounds. Um, it's not a lot for selling art. To it's be really not, actually. No. Uh, but it was... Uh, Salvatore Garo sculpture Iosono I am um it needs to be kept in an area that's five foot long and five foot wide uh he's attracted criticism over his claim that the sculpture is immaterial meaning it doesn't exist or exists in the mind only um he says it's more like a vacuum okay so it's not it's performance it's right it's a yeah it's a performance and like you know when I was in grad school one of the joys of of being in school and like having all your time to make art is that like you can make kind of like big ridiculous statements like that as an artist and be like this is really fun and I'm having a great time but it's like um I'm not gonna say it's it's divorced from the art world because it's not because it's a university and like an institution and you're getting you know you're paying for it yeah but it's not like it then doesn't like get consumed in the same way, I guess, you know, yeah. so like it doesn't go into a museum. And then all these people write articles about <laughs> how ridiculous it is that like this thing sold for 12,000 pounds, which, like you said, is not that much. Like if that's an artist, if this artist sold, you know, two or three of them, that's like in the year, that's not a huge living no um so i think the main it seems like yeah she doesn't understand the difference between the art of the art world and commerce and like how museums and institutions are like part of that and it feels like that piece is directly commenting on the art market yeah it is (laughs) Like that's part of the piece. Yeah. Just like the thing of where the self shredding piece is commenting on the market itself. Right. That Banksy which did. I, yeah. Which I actually, so I'm, that is interesting because I was thinking about it. The difference I think in that is that the art, the piece actually sold for like the piece appreciated in value after it, shredded. After it exploded. <laughs> Yeah. And he like retitled it for the purpose of the buyer. Yeah. So it's like he like Banksy is so acquainted with the art world now that like he knows that like that's the thing that like oh it's a Banksy. Right. And like so I read this thing about Banksy and the um this was in the Baffler. It's by Jonathan Sturgeon. Um let's see. I really oh, like this is a lot Exit of dead the gift air. shop. Yeah, I, I did too. Yeah. I mean, I hate that Banksy's become sort of a joke. Because um, he's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of artists go in and out of that too. Yeah. You know, because of like the art market and you know, and right. just how fucked up it is. Like that um, was like while while you're looking up the thing or whatever, like but right before the sort of like nft bubble burst yeah 
and before it got to the point where it was like universally this is bad there Mm -hmm. was like about two days where i considered buying some crypto on this one very specific chain because i'm really into generative art okay and all the generative artists sell their pieces as nfts Mm, okay and like there's this one artist i really like where if you want a physical version of one of his pieces you have to buy the nft of it first before he'll print it and send it to you with the actual code of the algorithm that generated that art which is cool because like some artists will share whatever like code they wrote to generate that specific artwork and some don't and he doesn't unless you buy it right i really wanted some and it was like on one of the smaller chains and it was like different than the ones and it wasn't as bad on the environment and i was like oh i don't know like i kind of really want some of this art and i'm reading and this isn't as bad as the other ones right and like one of the artists had written up uh a, like a, a rebuttal to a lot of the criticisms of nfts in the mm. art world basically saying like all of your criticisms of nfts also apply to the art market and i'm right. like Yes, that's the problem. The art market's also yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but that's not wrong either. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, obviously, all these people were getting grifted to some degree, right? Like, it was all still always bad. But the fact that that person m- was explicit, like, all of these criticisms that people have of NFTs, I don't see them critiquing the art market the same way like yeah like some people aren't being genuine about this critique they're jumping on a bandwagon and i'm like no the art market's also bad (laughs) yeah no the art world is horrible yeah Yeah. the art world is horrible i mean it it um is basically just like a way for extremely wealthy people to like you know just like move their money around basically <laughs> you know and then they don't even display the actual ones that they buy they get reproductions made yeah and i mean that's really instead. sick yeah it drives me fucking crazy um so Just i found this up, thing about yeah. about you banksy sweet yeah okay. so um okay so yeah this isn't the baffler um uh if the urge to destroy is creative and if capitalism relies on creative destruction perhaps banksy is hinting that his intention was to increase the value of his work by destroying it um look to the latest news the artist has just re-authenticated the trash work and named it love is in the bin to the satisfaction of the original buyer judges an episode of extra legal short-term price fixing banksy's act of auto shredding was an accomplishment for all involved in the long term its status as the supposed first work of art created at an auction means that it will likely appreciate wildly in value in this respect, with all things being equal, Banksy is the Thomas Kincaid of his generation, inasmuch as they both rely on opportunistic financial schemes and clashing effects. Kincaid's sinister warmth, Banksy's dark money do-gooderisms. Not wrong. <laughs> it's pretty dark when you think about it. Like, like when Banksy is no longer a graffiti artist and is like just like playing the art market now. Yeah, and, and like he's not like he didn't make that piece to like blow up in the face of the buyer or Sotheby's. He made that piece to blow up and be another piece. 
yeah to which is cool sell. it's yeah. interesting but i think yeah. yeah there's something there's something pretty dark about like also the spectacle being at an art auction which is like a place that only the most 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 elite people could be at yeah. like um i'm sure if than... i have read society of the spectacle if I had yeah. actually tried to the spectacle, I would have something really smart to say right now, but I haven't. I have, but it's been a really long time. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like that that spectacle existing only for the art market is pretty dark and weird, don't you think? Yeah, like it reminds me of um so in Sorry to Bother You. Uh-huh. And I'm not going to give away the big, big spoiler. So, so don't worry. That's <laughs> well, um, a couple of years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, listeners, it is this incredible film where um, um, uh, this like this black man gets a job working like telemarketing, basically at a call center and dons white voice um, in order to like succeed and move up in the company and stuff and like other black people in this company do this and it's like they get like white comedians basically to be the white voices and it's really funny (laughs) and it's a very smart funny critique of capitalism a lot of people call it like a surrealist film and i'm like even with how it ends this isn't surrealist (laughs) this is how life is but his like girlfriend in it uh is it is that is it tess thompson yeah yes Yeah. yeah Um, she's very critical of him through like the whole thing and like leaves him at one point and like starts like dating this like guy who's like leading a strike of other workers. And then like, she's an artist and has like a big art show and surprise, surprise, she dons white voice at (laughs) her art show and schmoozes all of like the white investors and stuff at her art show, even though she's been criticizing him for basically doing the same thing in a different setting Mm -hmm. the whole movie and it's sort of like and she's like framed as like this like really like radical politics like person like way more like like he's kind of assimilating and giving in to i know how to game the system and i'm gonna do it in a you know soul selling kind of way and she's like no that's gross i'm gonna go date this like union guy now but then she does the same thing. So it's like that there is a critique to be had about especially the sort of like political statements in art that are only seen. It's um it's this concept in theater called little theater or bourgeois mm-hmm. theater. Um rent is a very good example of bourgeois theater. Mm, Hamilton okay. is a really good example yeah. of bourgeois theater. Les Mis is a really good example yeah. of bourgeois theater where it is theater that is um uh, Lindsay Ellis has a really good video uh that discusses this better than I could and it's about the movie Rent um but she talks about this concept that I'm about to butcher if you're more interested in it but um <laughs> it's like, you know, Rent or Les Mis or um all of these other you know every decade has its like radical yeah musical, yeah the revolutionary know, musical him, yes. you, know? you know we're gonna fight the system man we're we're revolutionaries you know whatever but only in a way that's not 
distasteful to the wealthy investors who are going to put us on Broadway and pay a bajillion dollars to see us. It's no coincidence that like Hamilton, this like multi-culty hip hop musical is about slaveholders and right. sanitizing the founding of, um, of, of the United States of America. And also costs like a thousand dollars to go. Right. Yeah. Like it's that's become bourgeois. like a shorthand, I feel like, yeah. for bougie yeah, theater. Like bourgeois slash little or small theater. It's like one of those words. Oh, okay, cool. But it, it's this concept of like, you know, it's it's talking like revolution and whatnot, but never in any way that actually matters because it can't actually offend the investors. Right. It's like, yeah, representational neoliberal politics. and Exactly. Which is, you know, it's the same as, you know, Nancy Pelosi wearing uh, kente cloth and kneeling or whatever. Right. You know, it's it's a um, mm -hmm. an empty gesture. Um, right. Like, I love the Gorilla Girls. I learned about them mm -hmm. in an art yeah. appreciation class in college. Yeah, and me too. Th this article name drops the Gorilla Girls. I think mm -hmm. the Gorilla Girls are badass. But the fact that, like, every art museum in the world, like, has their stuff. How Gorilla right. are the Gorilla Girls if they're not, if they're, like, bought by museums where, like, where their message is commodified now. You can buy it. And you and can like even buy, yeah, you can buy t-shirts, you can buy tote bags. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so I read, there was another article that I thought was interesting that kind of had to do with this too. I don't know what, it's also in the Baffler. I, I have a subscription. <laughs> um, but it's uh, about unionizing the new museum. Um, okay. That's by Dana Co Koppel or Koppel. Um, and basically it's about when she worked at the new museum, which is, you know, just sort of like known as a institution in New York that shows, um, you know, really cutting edge contemporary work. Um, uh, and around, she kind of talks about like, you know, in the, in the wake of me too, and sort of like the, um, effort to you know and after like George Floyd protests and COVID a lot of museums um, their programming got like extremely quote-unquote woke and um, the, I, the shows are, were great I mean I, I actually really enjoyed a bunch of the shows that were at the new museum um, because they did actually like give more representation to people who normally you wouldn't see um, but, right. but at the same time, um, the people working for the new museum were making hardly any money. You know, they're right. people who are uh, curators kind of all the way down who are like working other jobs because right. they don't make enough money. And so it's like, you know, the um, the museum thinks it's important to show work by underrepresented artists and you know like have this message about like the kind of work that they want to show and and talk about but then they can't even pay their employees right you know and artists are are just you know sort of have always kind of been expected to like do things for like the love of it yeah which is pretty fucked up yeah and it's like this article 
does make the point of like, oh, it seems like everything has to be this now, which I would say that that person, like this author, not being able to see like that this is like modern art and like modern art sections of museums, art museums have like always had this kind of stuff yeah. in it. Like the kind of thing that she's on about is not new. It's just that the curators are only maybe recently pulling out explicitly these themes in them that have always been explicitly there. It's just maybe the museum hasn't explicitly talked about colonialism before, or has talked about capitalism before, or right. whatever. But that's still always been there in a lot of this art. Um, like modern art like comes out of like she says that like communists art has never been good. So I'm like, lady, do you know? <laughs> as soon as she said that, I was like, oh, where boy. modern art comes where from? Where did she write this? Yeah. Like and- modern art, especially like surrealism and like Dada and whatnot, like come as an anti-capitalist, anti-fascist reaction to yeah. World War One and in World War Two, where it's like, okay, the world is like falling apart and falling into like fascism and whatnot absurdity is the only response to this Mm -hmm. and like showing the absurdism in it like that's why i love dada so much and i love like modernism and literature so much is it's because it's like all of these structures that we thought were so there are suddenly not there anymore and so what does literature, what does art, what does music look like? And, you know, this is when like you start to be like 12 tone and like in in um in quote classical music, like you get really interesting operas by like um Alban Berg, like um Lulu and uh Botzek. Botzek is an opera written in 12 tone, like which sounds weird and it's yeah. kind of garish to watch and listen to but that's the point <laughs> like yeah this, this like political statement this anti-capitalist often anti-fascist statement has always been in modern art this whole fucking point of modern art it's always been in art too you <laughs> yeah. know like yeah. not just modern um yeah there's a part what i think is really weird well it's super historical it's also pretty weird that these these types of people who are you know part of this kind of like uh return with return uh, project um the western civilization people um it's like extremely ahistorical um and it also like just doesn't ground anything in like materialism at all it just kind of makes it seem like um suddenly there was some weird thing that happened in modern art where like suddenly all of these people became different than like painters before you know like caravaggio the camera really fucked everyone i guess yeah because you know she says something about how um the the art after oh there's a gallery called art after catastrophe Um, It says in the middle of the 20th century, artists were asking how to keep making art in an area of suffering, an era of suffering and violence. And then she takes that to mean that like modernists thought that there was no suffering and violence during like Caravaggio, Rembrandt or Raphael's time, which like it does not say that. 
She said um, their works were commissioned. By the right. Well, I mean, yeah, shit. materially, yeah. there was a difference. But yeah. you're right. A lot of their works were commissioned. Um, they made work for, you know, Caravaggio's work is in churches. You know, and it's still pretty gruesome. And is extremely beautiful. gruesome. Yeah. Um, also, he was a murderer. But he was like, a murderer. You we know, stand a murderous bisexual yeah, not on this here, podcast. Not here nor there. But, um, you He's know, one of my favorite bad gays. Yeah, he is a bad gay. Um, yeah, I still good, think that... Good movie by uh, uh, Derek Jarman. Oh, yeah. But I, don't, I don't know if um, those are still up, but a bunch of Derek Jarman movies are up on Criterion. We're on Criterion a month yeah. ago. Um, as an aside it's a good but, movie people should watch it <laughs> but um yeah so she's saying you know caravaggio rembrandt and Raphael produced works touched by transcendent beauty um even though they lived under you know intense violence and suffering which is like yeah everyone has <laughs> um but then that's also it you know it, it's it's subjective what beauty looks like to you um it was also i work. find piss christ to be very beautiful it's Thank gorgeous piss christ is absolutely gorgeous um i think that you know and and like you said these pieces were um usually commissioned to be in like a noble person's home or in a church or something like that and so there were a lot of you know there's different needs for different spaces um there's so many different things at play uh and i think caravaggio if you know you woke up caravaggio rembrandt and Raphael, they would be kind of annoyed that like they're constantly being held up as like um just regular guys <laughs> who liked you like regular beautiful things like it's extremely they're a um, bunch of homos who it's were extremely, hired by the church yeah, like. it's extremely patronizing to them yeah. that like their work is just and i think it's patronizing to them too for on the side of like it's just beautiful yeah it's only beautiful and like work needs to be ugly and like there's ugly things in caravaggio paintings for sure like they're extremely dark and sometimes like very overwhelming yeah um, that's why i love like baroque painting so much is because of how dramatic it is yeah and like how garish sometimes and like just like how like overwhelming and dark and like because i don't like renaissance art that much it's like too pretty yeah and like two whatever but like caravaggio gets in there with that chiaroscuro baby like yeah we love we stand a chiaroscuro <laughs> yeah we do um but yeah like there's always been artists that like come in and change things and people freak out about it and you know it's not like a new thing it's not like everybody did normal paintings <laughs> until the surrealists came in and fucked it all up like i mean look at that's not how it worked <laughs> look at turner's paintings yeah like his like seascapes and shipwrecks and stuff like they're like incredibly subversive for the yeah. time because it's like oh we're gonna paint pretty landscapes and shit and if we're impressionist then it's gonna be pretty water lilies and whatnot and he's like no shipwrecks storms yeah. Literally painting a like slave ship sinking on fire, yeah, like parliament on fire, like all sorts of stuff, and it's all like blurry and dramatic and dark. And this was in the 1800s, like, 
get over yourself, Emma Webb. Like people, I know people been making uncomfortable art. Yes, people like, been making uncomfortable art for sure. It's true. It's like. And then she Again, goes on about like, like the children's books in the oh fucking God. gift shop. And like kids watching a puppet show about the Crusades and how it sounds dope. <laughs> uh, which yeah, I would like to watch. I'm gonna watch um there's a video I don't know if you can see it online, but I'm gonna try and find it. Um by YL Shockey called Cabaret Crusades, the horror show file, which uses two hundred year old marionette puppets to depict the Crusades. From Gasp, the perspective of Arab historians, <gasps> um, I feel like that's the only reason why. Uh, oh, and that it has cannibalism in it. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, where it's a Christian cannibalizing a Muslim. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh dear, <gasps> this doesn't fit in with my um, ideology." This is woke and why ideological. are there kids watching this? I bet um, those. I bet those puppets have pronouns. Yeah. <laughs> Like she like this this article like okay it's, it's, like, it's totally mad about woke shit oh yeah there's art. a subtext I I was waiting like for her to over. say something about pronouns it just goes all over the place it really it, does like because it's called art eating itself because like this was one of my main questions this article is called art eating itself right? yes and it several times brings up like cannibalistic or metaphorically cannibalistic imagery mm-hmm. like the Uroboros, like you know art the art world like eating its vomit and like in this cycle and whatnot like yeah and it, it's like postmodernism is just this like cannibalistic like autophagic like cycle where it's only like limited curatorial decisions and it's just regurgitating arthur please do not uh play with my um cable please i don't want you to get hurt okay <laughs> that's bad for okay. podcasting arthur okay bub okay. <laughs> um and yeah like she doesn't dig into that because no, I not think at all. <laughs> there's an interesting argument she could go through on that yeah again, there are some things in here about like the curatorial decisions of art museums and the art market and the way that anti-capitalist anti-racist what have you messages in art have been commodified within the art world where this is seen as profitable now and and it's not that these artworks aren't good on their own otherwise or that they wouldn't have been able to get into a museum otherwise Mm -hmm. but that because of our capitalist asshole bullshit system and that the people who have capital in the art world are largely white that like oftentimes these pieces don't get the attention they deserve until those messages are deemed as profitable and i know yes. that's very cynical but of true me, but, but, but true, true. <laughs> and so there's actually a really interesting article within this bullshit article that could yeah. have been made about how this very capitalist realism kind of thing mark fisher alarm <laughs> like this you know, <laughs> capitalist realist idea of how these messages get commodified in the art world and using this cannibalistic imagery to describe that in like a materialist anti-capitalist context but no we get fucking i'm mad at 
drag queen books in the art museum yeah like over here being like good lord lady gaga had someone vomit on her what's the art world coming to these days exactly like, well yeah lady that part... a sicko. i love her i know i loved that part that was like her i think sort of delving into like um just how like disgusting because yeah like i think what you're saying the thing about art eating itself like that is about to me this thing of like you know the banksy piece like right, exploding or maybe and then forced to also be like oh if i'm gonna get anywhere do i have to play into the exploitation right and that's the thing artists say they do all the yeah. time they make work that they know will sell you yeah. know and 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 a lot of it is just you know pure paying those fucking bills you know it's like it's and not then you got fucking hannah gatsby and her nan it oh, yeah, I hate oh we're gonna talk bullshit. about that we're gonna oh, talk okay. about that we're, we're i'm ready have a whole nanette zone i oh, hate yeah. hannah gatsby this is an yeah. anti-hannah gatsby podcast yeah we're gonna have <laughs> a her. yeah let's have a nanette zone in a minute um, i'm a bad queer i don't like her no that's fine i they're i think they have they use they them pronouns other than that sorry we're not i don't like yeah, them <laughs> we don't like them um yeah my my b my b sorry hannah yeah <laughs> so they all apologize for <laughs> um oh there's a okay so here is a um there's also a part where she goes into you know, like AI and chat GPT and all this stuff in a way that, again, also doesn't... Like a paragraph. Also doesn't explore, like, the capitalist, like... And cannibalist. For these things. Aspect of AI. Yeah, none of those things. Um, it's more <laughs> to so talk much about... Here, lady. <laughs> yeah, it's more to talk about, I think, the... Um, it says... <sighs> she talks to this person... <laughs> Who's an Australian conductor and music editor at the Common Sense Society? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, it seems our burden as consumers of music today is to live with a poverty of invention. Um, All the points about TikTok of fucking up music are correct, though. Yeah, I mean, I'll take all that stuff. I agree with that stuff. I'm yeah. a hater. I'm like t fully a hater. And Ahab, I'm on... a science hater at birth. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> oh ready to sign on anytime to like an art article that's like fuck all this bullshit it's so annoying um, right but oh okay wait i have to go on a little side side journey here Let's for one second okay um but i have to Arthur's look up here. something really Arthur quick. is an emotional support animal now or will uh, be as soon as my psychiatrist finishes the letter i love it help me get an apartment Oh, nice work. Arthur um, leveled up. He got a promotion. Oh my god, I cannot remember <laughs> what your what your side journey was. What I was going to talk about. I just <laughs> went I on this whole interrupt uh, you. No, Lobby. it's fine. It's fine. Okay, You'll remember I'll it go like back to it eventually. But um let's see. So, okay. So she's Did saying something about the Australian guy? Yeah, so the our burden is to live with a poverty invention. Um, we have more things to listen to and look at and consume than ever before. Like there is so much. And if you don't, it, it's really hard to ever like when people are like, Oh, no one makes anything good anymore. It's like, I don't think you're looking. This you is have to try harder. 
this is like what I feel anytime people are like, there's no like queer, good queer representation in movies. I'm like, one, do you want queer representation in the Marvel movies? As soon as anything good and queer gets into mainstream anything, that means it's not good anymore. That means it's been co-opted. I don't, I don't need, I'm sorry, I don't need bisexual Spider-Man. I don't give a shit. (laughs) Two, it's, there's so much of it out there. You're not looking. There is a lot. The 90s new queer cinema, all the Greg Araki films, all the Ted Todd Haynes films, fucking all the shit now, like books, like fucking there's so much of it. Literally, you just have to like look for it. All of my like film opinion, like all the cool film stuff I know is because of like random gift sets I saw on Tumblr in like 2010. Yeah. And like, you know, people reviewing shit in video essays on YouTube in like 2011 who were like doing the like whole like cinema you know whatever thing but like about art house films and that's how i learned about all these cool art house films and like the new french extremity and like Derek jarman and like all of these cool things back when i was in high school right you just, like, look around for it or yeah you just people. have to you have to look a little bit you have to like but but part of the fun i think of like engaging with like criticism and writing about culture is like learning more and more and like putting little things together you know where you you read about something and realize that that inspired someone else to make this piece of art and then you listen right. to that piece of art and, yes. and you say that's what i did. oh cool you know like this person really likes this like this uh, the title of this, you know, song is based on a, you know, a book that I've never read. And then you read the book. And you know, it mentions like, cool things that you, that you then go find. Yeah, and that's really fun. If you're mm-hmm. in, like, we should all be, um, yeah, like, we should promote that kind of, like, uh, adventure for people. You know, like, I don't think that we do. Um, but... Oh, so yeah. So then after this, she says, where's the courage to struggle? Uh, People don't have any money. Where are the deep (laughs) reservoirs of human experience and feeling? There's a lot of them. (laughs) Uh, Where is the discipline needed to cultivate skill? Um, No one has any time. (laughs) Um, I mean, there are things that like do require a lot of time um, to learn, like a craft, weaving, like uh woodworking things like that um none of those things are appreciated really in um like as consumer goods and like isn't there like an article or something about how like the reason why all art including like visual and audio and whatnot is all fucked now is because rent's so expensive yeah i mean it makes sense like when you used to be able to pay like two dollars for an apartment in new york city yeah so you could just like fuck off and be a shitty artist and like refine your craft and stuff and not have to also have a day job right like one of the things that like made me the craziest about like i'm really into um like velvet underground era like andy warhol era new york yeah and like how cool it is that like people just like you know it's like oh i'm just like making music with the door open and you know this poet walked in and like now we're friends um yeah and like you said one of the reasons they could do that was because people were paying like 30 dollars a month for rent and like yes they lived really like 
extremely frugally like people ate beans and shit like that but also like the that doesn't exist in new york at all there is no equivalent of 35 dollars rent for anyone it's just not it's just not a thing yeah and so where would people have i mean i kind of reject all these questions anyway but like if you did accept them like the courage to struggle for your art like people struggle so much for their art and a lot of it we just don't see because they don't get to actually like make anything how many of your friends have like fucking carpal tunnel or wear gloves and stuff all the time because of doing like digital art on like tablets and stuff and they've like fucked up their hands and their wrists because of how many hours at a time they have to do like for like commissions and stuff yeah 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 or like i mean i have a fairly creative day job um where i get to like use a lot of my art skill um to make things but i'm making things for a store um to sell things and like it's cool it's a good job but it also you know it's 40 hours a week and it doesn't really leave me a lot of time to make my own work um and then there's also like the weird thing about a lot of artists choose either to do like an artistic job during the day and then they don't seem to have like the um like the psychological capacity to make more work or they work like a dead end 40 hour job and like make work at night but like the job sucks and like those are your choices yeah that's not cool (laughs) no that's the struggle that's the struggle you're just not seeing it emma emma (laughs) yeah it was like so much of this i was like wait but i agree with her on this am i wrong or something no it's just one of those shitty cases where we're both mad at the same thing yeah for different (laughs) totally different different reasons. reasons and want different outcomes right like it's a thing of like so much of malaise from any either party any ideology it's it's because there is a problem yes it's just that like you already have this idea of the world of how you want it to be and if the problem and the solution to that problem doesn't fit that worldview then you'll make up bullshit stories around it in order to make it fit like it's so much easier just to be like capitalism is what's going on here Mm -hmm. is what is maybe making these curatorial choices perhaps limited shallow and cynical yeah um or that they're only just now showing up even though that art has always been in those museums uh for the most part um just maybe not framed the way that it's being framed now so much of this is just a question of framing as well and really like how powerful curatorial statements and just curation is there's a reason you can get like a degree in museum studies yeah by the way that's a thing that you can do you can get a graduate like a master's degree oh, yeah, in museum can. studies and some library programs you get it you can get it as a minor because doing exhibits and doing curation and stuff it's, it's fucking work it's fucking scale these yeah. people are just like dicking around like these are like decisions because framing and context change how people view something so much um like i lost my train of thought because i got so Wait, mad well but- <laughs> i feel like this will lead into 
You know who is not uh, a curator? One uh, Hannah, uh, Hannah Gatsby. Fucking Arch Niven says. <laughs> so, I've never seen... I think I saw some of Nanette and I was Nanette like, I don't, I don't understand what this is. <laughs> Nanette sucks. <laughs> I there's, this, it off. there's this really good takedown of it that this one, like, I believe this one, like queer black critic wrote um, that I can like send you if I find it, if I find it. But Nanette is basically Hannah Gatsby being wrong about art history um, and being mad for an hour and being like, the fact that you're mad that this isn't comedy is why I'm doing this. And I'm not going to do comedy anymore in this Netflix special. <laughs> Jesus. In and this then, Netflix when, and, special that I'm getting paid a lot then, of money And then for. does another Netflix special and, and, and stuff. And then gets to be, have wrong opinions about Picasso. Yeah. Not, this is not, this is not a Picasso defense podcast. No, no. Okay. <laughs> but, so, but also Hannah Gatsby's wrong. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is the, so yeah, the background is that Hannah Gatsby was offered, um, you know, a, a job that other people could have, um, like that, a curator. Yeah. That would get paid to, they would be paid to do um they don't need a a celebrity to be a curator for them um which like having like maybe like a a celebrity curated with a professional curator and like maybe that's something that is actually happening but i i really don't like i this is like where my hater stuff comes in i i really dislike like when someone is a celebrity that makes them sort of like an expert on everything and then they get to just like pick and choose what they would like to be experts in because i think they do have an art history degree they do they have an undergrad you have but that doesn't mean you have curatorial skills and also undergrad in art history does not mean you have the expertise or authority to do curation in a fine art museum right and i don't know if i even not, care not, about not to be elitist <laughs> right like i don't even care about like authority i guess it's just like these are jobs that like people who like they're they're jobs that like a lot of people are getting underpaid to do already yeah. and then you know you're like oh well let's farm this out to Hannah Gadsby because it's just like a big name thing. And it's so matic. Oh God. Okay. It's also called it's problematic (laughs) Picasso, according to Hannah Gadsby, um, examining (laughs) Picasso's, uh, I know it's examining his problematic history, which like, literally everyone (laughs) knows everyone knows like i swear to god i want to like people like obviously art museums um all have their issues and it's impossible to do like decolonial projects at art museums because that would require shutting down the art museum (laughs) you can repatriate a bunch of stuff and that's good and places should be doing that but like decolonial art that's not a thing but like the I live in the outskirts of Boston and the Boston MFA is doing some really cool shit around like curatorial work around like um, how climate change has both like affected like, Oh, look at this like Dutch Renaissance, you know, still life painting, 
these flowers aren't a thing anymore or or wouldn't be easy to grow anymore or something and like this whole thing about also like the slave trade in the dutch renaissance or something and then like in the america section it's like around the portraits of all the dead white people and it's like empty frames that go like that literally the curatorial statement is like who is not represented in this gallery um in the gallery that's just for john singer Sargent, there is a portrait by the painter i can't remember the name who did um obama's uh presidential um portrait kehinde kehinde wiley kehinde wiley like there's one of those in the john singer Sargent gallery and like in conversation like mm-hmm. the boston mfa like even has like a bit about how like how, why all of like the greek and roman statues being white is white supremacist yeah and like has a whole thing about like can you see the hint of color still left on this one and here's what this athena statue actually should look like, like yeah and explicitly says the fact that these are all white is a tool of white supremacy like it calls that out it's doing good curatorial work that's probably way more meaningful than whatever Pablo-matic bullshit. Yeah, so bad. So yeah, so I think like I mean the fact that Pablo Picasso, um, and I can't get like the modern lover song. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole, not like me. Um, out of my head whenever I talk about this. Um, but so in nineteen seventy one um linda knocklin wrote the essay why have there been no great women artists um which is basically about you know the artistic canon and that women are are like both women have been excluded from the canon for a lot of different reasons but like materially it's because like the artist was seen as like a hero and only men can be heroes because men don't have anything else to do at this time. Like men don't have to take care of children. Men don't have to wash dishes. Women have to do that. And like heroes don't wash dishes. (laughs) Um, Sure. So yeah. So this is like 1971 feminism. Um, It still holds up pretty well. Um, but, a lot of people are way harsher about second wave than they should be to be a tbh there are I some mean, good things in second wave feminism yeah, there's some without good the stuff. transphobic stuff not all of them were transphobic a lot of early trans feminism comes out of second wave yeah and like by the way there's some really good um i think like postmodern feminist uh art history was really really important um because mm-hmm. it like paved the way for um lots of like you know queer theory and art history and um like decolonial art history and like about how um you know like kind of breaking down the canon and why why a canon existed and why like people were excluded from it and um you know and it's not just this idea that like oh well there were just like a bunch of really great guys who were writing shit like there were women making art too there's always been women making art but like women didn't have the time or the space in the same way that men had um in this era um and so like this is like 1971 conversations like when i was an undergrad in art history in like the late 90s like we talked about this shit so it's not 
it's not like groundbreaking at all yeah like we talked about the gorilla girls in my like little high school art appreciation class i took yeah and i feel like it's like very well established that like pablo picasso was like kind of a dick you know but like yeah that was also just like why are we focusing on like this one person and also he was a dick let's be real but he doesn't have <laughs> like to have been of them were <laughs> yeah it's like well also they didn't have to have been dicks in order for us to challenge the canon right they could be perfect angel saints who have perfect wonderful art and the fact that they and maybe not women or people of color or whatnot like aren't also in that canon that that's still reason to criticize their place in the canon they don't have to have been it's the whole thing of like when someone comes out as being hashtag problematic and we go oh well i never liked them anyway it's like no sorry i actually really did like marilyn manson's music um and i still think it's like good but i'm not going to go listen to it on spotify and stuff right anymore because fuck him but i'm not going to go and be like i was enlightened and never liked it right and there's also a difference (laughs) There's also a difference, like why canceling dead people is like kind of a like, weird what the thing fuck to ever. do. Like yeah. he's dead already. Like he's been officially canceled. He, he can't hurt you, Hannah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and like, yeah, the hyper focus just on Picasso is weird to me. Like, I think it's like, why are we just focusing? Like, um, why are we focusing on this one man? right um I, it's his like, like this is the art is eating itself shit that's actually happening right this exactly this this well and then let's get into the the most it's like flagellating oh look at us art history is so bad picasso so bad please spend 50 dollars and a time ticket to come see this right. exhibit. and, and also pay hannah gadsby a bajillion dollars and the other people zero and also, it's problematic. Picasso, according to Hannah Gadsby, is curated by Hannah Gadsby, Catherine Morris, Sackier, Sackler, senior curator, Elizabeth A. Oh, Sackler, right. Center for <laughs> Feminist Art. Hash, gaslight gatekeep girl boss. <laughs> exactly. So we're talking about a pro- one problematic man who died 50 years ago. And you're saying that this pro- this one problematic artist man was it did more harm to the art world and culture than the Sackler family. Who are you actively working with right now? Yeah. And who you and who Hannah Gatsby was like, well, I was led to believe that she's not really involved with that stuff anymore. <laughs> like, come on. You're exactly right. This could be titled like someone should write something about this and say art is eating itself. Right, because this is just self-flagellation. This is self-cannibalism. This is the art world being like, oh, look how bad the art is. Because that's what's profitable now. Come see it. That is the the autophagy. (laughs) That is the self-cannibalism that is actually happening. Is this posturing. Right. Come listen to Hannah Gadsby not be funny about Picasso even more. And pay Give us the Sacklers money. more money, and we're not going to put any of that back into the workers. And also see some like truly quality, like contemporary female artists, like Kiki Smith and like Anna Mendieta. Also, uh, it makes me like kind of rise to think about like sometimes like dead 
artists being included in things like this too like Anna Mendieta like what how would she feel about this you know like I just don't I don't know um I know that's not you know death of the author I guess but I know that's not like her it's whoever owns her shit now you know but it is very um it's a little squicky I guess you know she's a a, was a Cuban artist who was killed by her much more famous um artist husband um and you know a guy who still gets shown in museums so right like i could i guess i could see why they picked her but i don't think it's comparable like like to like to like to put her work in this exhibit mm-hmm is making a statement about like basically Picasso killed this person. Yeah. <laughs> like, like not literally killed this. Yeah. Right. And, and, and the face of misogyny and patriarchy is Pablo Picasso. Right. Which it's not, it's like, no, it's there not. There are interesting ways that you can do that kind of thing. Um, when I went to the Boston lyric opera, um, with, uh, co-host of, of kate on uh fangs uh for the memories leslie um, we went to the opera together um, to see bluebeard's castle and bluebeard's castle is by gustav Mahler, and it's a very good opera it's very short go watch it and <laughs> it's awesome and it's about the story of bluebeard and it's very gothic you know it, it rules. Um, very Angela Carter, right? If you like Angela Carter, you'll like Bluebeard's Castle. Sweet, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Go go watch it. And um, Gustav Mahler's wife, Alma Mahler, um, was a well-to-do woman and stuff and a composer until she married Gustav Mahler, who a condition of their marriage was that she never composed again. Wow. And a lot of her stuff was like hidden and stuff. Now, granted, she did choose to marry him. She did not have to. And she was also a well-to-do, wealthy, privileged white woman in society who actively made this choice that still doesn't mean it was okay that he did that to her. Yeah. But also she wasn't a helpless, like, she, this wasn't a marriage of necessity. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like wealth complicates things, materialism, right? And what the Boston Lyric Opera did was they... Um, so Bluebeard's Castle is a very short opera, and so it's normally paired with other pieces, not another opera, but normally like other pieces, right? And so what they did was they framed this opera on either end of it with songs by Alma Mahler. Ooh. Where they had the soprano who plays Judith sing some of Alma, like a couple of things by Alma, and it just like segued right into the opera and then as the opera was ending they changed the ending of it and like ended the opera but then had it come back into some of alma's stuff and kept going but like used her work to continue telling the story mm-hmm. and i was worried it would be this sort of cynical cynical self-cannibal oh look it's the yeah. opera world criticizing the opera thing in a way that doesn't actually say anything it's just oh look man bad and that'll be like it and it'll be a kind of like shallow feminist takeover thing like all the people who try to like rewrite lolita and fail miserably at it right who like missed the point but no it was brilliant 
Like, there's a way you can do that. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Work really well because you have to be actually like thinking about what are we trying to say here, and what does it mean to actually put these two pieces in conversation. Mm-hmm. No, no, Gustav Mahler didn't do Bluebird's Castle. Bella Bartok did. Uh oh. Still, do you it have was to all start the Mahler. The... Okay. People are going to cancel me. No, Bella Bartok did Bluebird's Castle, but it was Alma Mahler who was married to Gustav Mahler. But yes. Anyway. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh-oh. I'm going to get canceled. Canceled, canceled by the um, opera people. The opera heads. The opera, the opera queens are going to get at me on the comments, honey. Oh, tell no. me I don't know anything. Um, I finally just remembered my funny story. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me. So, um, I was at a an art fair which are these are like the ultimate in art eating itself um yes uh i like to go to them because you get to see a lot of art in one big like one fell swoop and when i was a student it was pretty cheap to go and like nobody cares because you don't look rich so like you're not gonna buy anything um and that's like the whole point of art fairs is all the galleries have um booths and they bring work and they hope to sell a lot of shit and um i was in i don't remember what gallery but i was in the um their booth and they had one of um hank willis thomas's paintings um they're like reproductions of posters but they're like painted um and it's the sojourner truth like ain't i a woman quote on it um so it looks like a like a um kind of like picketing line poster but it's it's painted and (laughs) extremely like uh like well super wealthy looking but like really ostentatious like white woman like someone who like looked like she was from like dallas or something like had her husband take a photo of her standing next to it like pointing to herself like ain't i a woman and like with no irony like it wasn't like she was she didn't know she just didn't know she didn't know but it was also just like yeah, like those are the kinds of people who are buying these pieces for the most part. You know, they're buying artwork and they're like, well, somebody told me Hank Willis Thomas is like, you know, a good buy, but like he's a incredible artist and like he has a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, people buy this shit and they put it in their um, you know, their like temperature controlled art rooms and like sell it to you know lend it to museums and that's just like cultural exchange for wealthy people slash like um money laundering it's insane um but yeah i was just like i don't know what to do with myself right now like looking at this image i tried to take a photo of the whole thing but it like it was too fast you know because then if i took a photo of her doing that then i could have written an article called art is eating itself and exactly (laughs) Um, yeah but yeah it was really fucked up i was like holy shit i don't know this is very upsetting to me but like that's how art is consumed you know that's how we like look at art and like i get when people are crabby about it and they're like oh you know the mona lisa is just behind plexiglass and it's small and everybody just wants to take a picture of it 
but like not look at the Mona Lisa. Like I get that. That like makes me crabby too. But I think there's like ways we can talk about it that aren't just like Ritavern. Civilization has declined <laughs> and that's why. <laughs> to burn Ritavern. Like literally yeah. when they started getting into like the whatever of like Western art and yeah, Beauty. as soon as she like, said oh, Western we're just art, straight, we're just straight fascists right now. Okay. Yeah, when she said Western art, I was like, "Here we go!" And then like she talked about China and how communist art sucks. And then the whole article ends in this really weird thing about Westminster um, Hall and how um, I guess I don't know like their parties very well, but I guess like the Labour Party wants to like re um redesign the way the layout of how everyone sits and like she basically dedicates like the last like four paragraphs to like how Westminster Hall is their is their history and how could you possibly move the chairs (laughs) like architecture is art yes what the fuck i think this lady was just like i'm gonna use this article to be vague and get mad about everything that's making me mad right now even if it's not relevant i think so too the point i'm making like because like seriously any valid critiques in here get lost in her just being like this painting had blue hair and pronouns yeah like the kids today (laughs) kind of thing um even though these paintings were like 1967 or something right and then she says a thing and i i don't know if this is true she says this thing about the people who would like a year zero which i'm assuming is like germany like post nazi like denazification that they're like starting over um people who would like a year zero and are ashamed of our history would like us to have an office building of a routine kind but it's like, okay, number one, Germany didn't really denazify very well. <laughs> no, they just like sent in the United States yeah. into like South America. <laughs> yeah. And like I have the number two, the British should be very ashamed of their history. <laughs> yeah. If you're British, fuck you, except for John. John John can stay. <laughs> yeah. Um, John's okay, but the rest of you get out of here. Yeah, but like, yeah, be ashamed of your history. It's fine. I think that's an important part of being. We're like, ashamed of ours. Yeah, Don't worry. It's true. Like we're Americans. It's pretty bad over here. But like, shit, shit sucks. Yeah, <laughs> but like, yeah, I hate that. Um, and I think that's like part of the uh, this like common sense society thing that um, you know, they have these lectures about like how taking down statues is like destroying history um which like you can take them down and you could put them in a museum and have a plaque about (laughs) you know like why they're bad if that's what you really want to do like you know here you are talking about like the art institution the museum and like how there's no beauty in it i don't know why don't you put all those fucking statues in there and then we can have a conversation yeah yeah i don't know yeah like i think that's one reason why this article makes me so mad is because like because i agreed with parts of it it made me like question when i was like wait my oh shit 
is it happening to me am i returning <laughs> am i also um, a fascist <laughs> am i also am i also a fascist um but it but it's that 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 bullshit thing where it's like where there is something to critique and it's just that you're wrong about why and how yeah and so it confuses the shit out of me and i i, I think i would have just ignored this if it hadn't have been so like you're almost there well not almost there you're like in the next room <laughs> right yeah and i think it's like um adorno says like something about how like um you adorno know alarm yeah oh it's the adorno alarm well <laughs> as a as a hater i'm i like my fellow hater mr adorno <laughs> he always was pretty, scowling the king, always the king grumpy. Of, the king of the haters adorno yeah um but yeah, he said he said this like a couple times, like, you know, just like the inability to look at um, like complexities in things like anything that's not black and white is like authoritarianism. And if you are a person that's like all Western art of a certain time is good or all Western art of a certain time is beautiful, all contemporary art is ugly. Like that's authoritarianism. That's fucking fascism. Yeah, it's fashion fashionism. But also Adorno hated jazz, so can we really trust <laughs> he him? He did. He had a he didn't like there's so many things. He, he also didn't like um movies. Astrology <laughs> or movies. <laughs> but he and he watched them. He engaged with these things. He just had a he lot of <laughs> negative things to say about them. Um unfortunately more right more often right than i would like him to be I think. that's the thing Fucking <laughs> but yeah i do think that the painting uh painting things with a broad brush um like hey, whole, hey this is about <laughs> art ayo um is the slide into fascism you know yeah even without all the fascist dog whistles that are yeah. in this. Do people say cultural fascism? Like cultural Marxism? We're making it a thing. Let's do it. And you we heard have to it here say, first, folks. And we have to write it like cavultural. <laughs> <laughs> cavultural fascism. And then I can make jokes about um, uh, how fascism shares an etymological root with another F word that I love to say. <laughs> is it fag? It, oh, can we? Justin gets mad at me when I say fag on my. Oh, you can say it on. You can say okay. it on tender. So faggot like and fascist and fascism share the same fucking linguistic, like etymological root. They do. <laughs> they sure do. I thought. Oh, that's interesting. So what's the what's the root? Because um, like fascist or whatever, it like refers to the like bundles of like. Oh, it does. Because yeah, I it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. So it I could be like, the same thing. I could be like, well, I was just chopping down some branches and I assembled a nice fascist. Yeah, something Whoa. like that. <laughs> I'd have to look up exactly, but yeah. And then also the word for I think it's either oboe or bassoon. And like it Italian and German and stuff is is fagot. Ooh. And so my job as a music librarian is really fun. Um, one of my <laughs> favorite Instagram uh like mutuals I have, their name is like El Dente Fagatini. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's amazing. Yeah. So you know, good. Just, Justin yells at me on Library Punk when I say faggot too much. Well, whatever. <laughs> so Justin. I've, I've, I've cut it back a bit. <laughs> 
this is a this is a pervert podcast it's pervert podcast yeah, we're already we can in the, say in whatever the we want on here <laughs> cool um but yeah anyway again oh one more thing and then we're in conclusion again another thing about um just a total uh like refusal to engage with what people are actually interested in with like changing language and things like that like pronouns like equating pronouns to like the use of pronouns to like restriction of language where it's like oh you can't say that word anymore meanwhile the people i know who use whatever you know like slurs yeah it's like perverts you know yeah like yeah i think we talked about this on the first podcast like it's not that we're triggered so much as we're annoyed (laughs) we're rolling our eyes at you we're not triggered, which is almost worse i would prefer to be upset bored and annoyed with you Uh, it's true in conclusion yes uh in my book report <laughs> on this fascist art lady yes and that i made kate who knows way more about art than i do even though i i, I can sound yeah. okay when i take friends to an think, art museum yeah I, I i i can get by um and then i forced her to read this for our our podcast thank you uh, <laughs> um Eventually, I want us to do an episode on the concept of autophagy, which is it means self-eating. So like self-cannibalism. And it's a process that's happening in the body at a cellular level all the time where cells eat themselves. And that's part of like cellular regeneration. Mm. And it can be accelerated. You can get into like a phase of autophagy if you fast. Oh, yeah. And sometimes this is done for like health reasons, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And the intermittent fasting crowd and the keto crowd are really into it right now. But also, like, I've done it for like religious reasons and like spiritual autophagy and stuff. And so it's like autophagy, the purpose of it is regeneration. Like, it is like getting rid of damaged cells Mm. to have new ones right and so this helps keep like the system the body healthy um and this is always happening you don't have to fast to to, to do this just right like if, right you know, you know i would love to do an episode on this but she brings up self-cannibalism not just cannibalism but like self-cannibalism like the uroboros in this a couple of times and instead of viewing that as like self-cannibalism is not like you could view it as like a samsaric cycle of like eating shit and vomit that you keep producing mm-hmm. and whatnot and keeping in, in this very limited loop. Or you could view art self-cannibalizing as this autophagic regeneration. <gasps> like this is how art stays fresh and healthy and grows. Ooh, Jay, I love that. Through like engaging with itself and commenting on itself and eating it self like why not go that direction as well that's really cool i love and also, that and also um go find like i know art museums all over the place they're like workers and curatorial stuff like unionizing and shit so like go donate to their strike funds if they have them yes, support please do you know support the unionization of like museum workers and stuff and like if your museum is doing interesting like curatorial work give them that feedback so that they like you know be cynical so that they keep doing this kind of yeah, shit because that's totally. good when they are doing good curatorial work. Like show that the curator's doing that work, it, that it's appreciated so that that kind of curation and those curators are supported. 
Yeah. And, and go like to... go buy a painting from a friend or something. Yes, that too. Yeah, like go to <laughs> small shows, go to like, you know, your friend's shows, go to uh there's in Philly there's a lot of like um collective gallery um yeah. like small collective galleries that are really cool. Go to their stuff and like I don't know, read their uh artist statement and like see what they're doing. Cause there's a lot of cool work. There's like so much art. It's just, um, you know, it's not just the Tate modern. And you might not like modern art. You don't have to. Yeah. There's art you know, I don't you, like that not, leaves me cold. You're not a fascist if you don't like modern art. Yeah. And there's like art that leaves me kind of cold and I will actually try to, um, cause I'm a nerd. I will like, like try. Why doesn't. Yeah. I'll yeah. like try to figure out how I can engage with it in a way that like I enjoy. Um, and sometimes I still don't like it, but like I will try. I like try to like try to articulate, like I try to figure out, okay, why don't I like this? I think, I think that's like one of the realms of life that it's okay to be like, but why yeah. am I like this? Yeah. It's like, it's like, why am I into this pervert shit? It's like, uh, because I am. Fuck it. Fuck you. Who cares? But like with art, it's like, okay, I don't like this, but why is it challenging me? somehow do i just not the, like the aesthetics but why don't i like the aesthetics is there something about that there like you know there's you know i um who's like an artist i don't like um i find monet kind of boring i'm tired <laughs> of the water lilies <laughs> but part of the Whatever. reason why is because it's like they're everywhere <laughs> endlessly reproduce yeah. you know it's um yeah. it's kind of funny because yeah it's like you know that work made people like lose their shit when it came you right. know when they were making it it was like what the this is insanity you know women were clutching their pearls and fainting Ooh. and stuff um yeah in the same way that people pass out at the you know the movie raw <laughs> you know like it's just funny it's like which we're totally doing next so you can stop Ooh. bugging us <laughs> <laughs> we promise we're getting to it yeah well but what were your conclusions kate i don't know if i had any i mean i really like what you said about um like regenerative like art eating itself as a regenerative process rather than a destructive process i think right. that's an like interesting she even says, the Euroboros is a symbol of infinity yeah like that's not degenerative like she doesn't yeah she uses some weird she, she doesn't engage with her some... own metaphors yeah 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 i think this my... is really lazy writing to be honest yeah it is like r literally her just being like and another thing and another um, thing yeah which i feel like is all like british op-eds now but <laughs> it's um, all op-eds let's op be real all op-eds yeah but if i wrote an op-ed it'd just be like and another thing so yeah. like you know i would say yeah, I would say that the thing that um, it's it's funny that liberals are always yelling at conservatives and conservatives are always yelling at liberals as they support as they both support like these massive like authoritative institutions um like museums and like don't see anything wrong with them as like institutions and um that's bad <laughs> we should we should challenge that and um yeah and talk talk like really blatantly specifically about 
the class of workers um, who work in art museums and who work in the arts in general and who are artists. Um, you know, a lot of artists are workers and don't make a lot of money. And a lot of people who work in cultural production don't make enough money. Um, right. And that's like a serious, real thing that like none of these people are engaging with. Yeah. Not Which is neither the Hannah problem. Gadsby nor Emma. What's her name? Emma Webb. Webb. Yeah. Yeah. N- neither Hannah of those Gatsby, people. This is a call out. Are this engaging. is a challenge. Yeah. Hannah Gadsby. Don't come on the podcast. We won't let you come on. Fuck you're you. not funny. You're not funny. Anyway, so yeah, those are my conclusions. Fuck Hannah Gatsby. Fuck Picasso. Cavultural, cavultural fascism. Ritavern. We're gonna like go like full like CCRU, but like yeah. for like cavultural fascism yeah. and like make a bunch of like pervert degenerate lore around it. Yeah, that'd be good. I love it. That'd be good. I've been reading about like hyperstition and like how fucking fucked up the CCRU is lately. So it's like on my mind. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. we might talk about that next time. <laughs> Maybe not. Probably. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? We'll we see. need a sign. Next time. Yeah, next time. We need a sign off. Next time on Tender Subject. Yeah, we need a fun sign off. Yeah, we'll something. think of one, y'all. Uh, We're getting there. Uh, yeah. We just sort of like by accident stumbled into a conversation on Hannah Gadsby um, because we were talking about another really bad take on art and um, the and yeah, it's problematic. <laughs> hadn't come out yet. <laughs> hadn't been um, and hadn't been reviewed yet. So, I mean, we were correct in trashing it and what we thought would be the problem. Um, we were right. Thank you. And yeah. but we wanted to make a little update because um yeah, because the show is um is out at the Brooklyn Museum and it's apparently very bad. And we wanted to talk about why. Not just that we think it's stupid or um because it is, but there are reasons why. And we thought that would be interesting to talk about. This Even though really this has very... nothing to do with cannibalism. You know, I was just going to say, there's not any cannibalism in this. Um, uh, some, you know, surrealist uh, painters painted some cannibalism. Um, not Picasso, but uh, that's all right. We're talking about he art. Did cubism. Cubinalism. Or... <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not right. Anyway. God, I hate Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> okay, so Hannah Gadsby, I'm not going to do a, an accent, but Hannah Gadsby's quote, Pablo Picasso, I hate him, but you're not allowed to. I hate him, but you can't. Cubism. And if you ruin cubism, then civilization as we know it will crumble. 
cubism. Aren't we grateful we live in a post-cubism world? I don't like Picasso. I fucking hate him. He's rotten in the face cavity. I hate Picasso. I hate him, and you can't make me like him. Um, that's comedy. Sure. That's part <laughs> of comedy. Um, and it's by a person who went to art school and is now a curator for a um, incredibly large art museum so you know this is who we've decided um should be making decisions about pablo picasso and cubism and um feminist art and i have a problem with that i do too (laughs) um there are lots of um incredible um theorists and critics who have talked about picasso um pretty much every review of this uh of this show talks about Lyndon Auckland who wrote uh why are there no great women artists in which she actually breaks down the fact that women weren't given access to greatness because of material conditions um you know that greatness is something that you can have if you're a man at that time because you didn't have to do the dishes or um take care of your kids like women could do that and you could just be in the studio um, i mean literally so, virginia wolf was yeah about this with the room of one tone <laughs> exactly literally, so this like, has been covered this, this is has been covered yeah and linda Auckland wrote her essay in 1971 and i will point out that i went to uh i went to undergrad for art history and we read that in in undergrad and so hannah gadsby i bet you had to as well and I feel like there were things that you would have had to read in undergrad that would have helped you understand um, sort of an, a way to talk about Picasso in a way that's not, I hate him, I hate him so much, I want to punch him in the face cavity. Yeah, like with the the show now that it's out and a lot of the criticisms, um what I have found interesting is the backlash to the criticisms, which is very predictable, mm-hmm. but the backlash to the criticisms actually does raise some interesting points, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's making those criticisms win the argument. Um, yeah. And so Hannah Gatsby's entire shtick with this whole thing is basically doing little bits next to Picasso paintings. Yeah. Like putting Twitter shit posts, basically. Yeah, it's like hashtag like and a lot of it is like dick jokes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and then then the any other art that's like not even it's like none of it is put in context with what the exhibit might be trying to to say. And it's from the collection that was already there. Like there's not a lot of like the Picassos might be from yes. different museums, but the other paintings aren't. Yeah, um, they're just Brooklyn Museum collection already. Right. And so the Brooklyn Museum kind of sucks. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people are holding it up as this great thing. But the Brooklyn Museum has also done really like objectifying, awful exhibits around. Um, oh, God, David. How do you pronounce his last name? Did the oh, if I die, drop my body on the steps yeah, of the wa- FDA? Wa- uh, I'm never. It's Juan wa- Aravik or I can't yeah, ever say it right. Him. And I'm sorry, but. And he yeah. was an inc- incredible, incredible artist. Yeah, they did like a really like, quote, good exhibit about his stuff. But it's like the people who 
could go to it were like not the kind of people who would be in solidarity with David, right? Mm. Or that David would be in solidarity with. Yeah. Um, they tend like, to be like a very yeah, like I, think and, that was and I don't have a problem with this. Sure. I don't have a problem yeah. with like um they tend to be like a very populist kind of like museum which I don't have a problem with obviously like a lot of people go who don't go to other museums but mm-hmm. they act like if you're not like an art museum um frequenter that you're like a fucking idiot and you need someone to be like this is art <laughs> have you ever looked at a cube like you know it's very um patronizing and like I think adults can handle a lot more information. And like, I think that what Hannah got Gatsby is doing is adding to that, that it's okay to be an adult art artist, quote unquote, who went to school for art history and hate art, but not really have a, a valuable addition to what you don't like about this thing. Like, she doesn't really or they i'm sorry um they don't have a i mean they don't like pablo picasso for the reasons that a lot of people don't like pablo picasso because he was a shithead you're right um yeah he was a bad guy i like his art a lot fuck him though yeah and like that's generally that's considered pretty standard um but they put the work yeah like you said the work is in no context like you know, so there's pieces from the collection. So there's a face ring gold piece um, who just had a big show at the new museum and their work is amazing. Um, but so there's a face ring gold piece and face ring gold probably has a Picasso referenced piece because she does a lot of work referencing uh, modernist, like white modernist uh, artists. But the piece that's in the museum for this show it alludes to Matisse. No, like nothing, no context. Right. Then there's another piece by Nina Chanel Abney referencing Manet, not Picasso, also not Cubist. No. Um, I love there's, Manet. <laughs> yeah, we, Manet's great. And like yeah. there are a lot of artists who have referenced um, very, like his, you know, kind of like Odalisque nude um, paintings. Right. Uh, there were Picasso had muses who were artists. There was Dora Mar and there was a um there was a dancer, uh Olga Koklova. Um, you know, he called them her his muses, but they were artists in their own right. And their art wasn't there. Um, there were no cubist artists. Well, because Hannah Gatsby hates female, cubism. <laughs> right. There were no female cubist artists. There was no like Natalia Goncharova, another artist that you learn about in undergrad art history often, um, you know, who also looked at uh, Cubist art at this time and made it um, more political. Like, none of that. Nope. And so it's just a lazy, generally kind of a lazy show. Like, yeah, like that's the main issue with it is it's very lazy. Yes. And then when you criticize that laziness, people are like something something misogyny right and also when people pointed out the whole sackler money thing right people were like well something something misogyny you know we wouldn't have this museum without like it's the sackler feminist art whatever it is yeah center and that's just like 
you know, there's so much feminist art that we wouldn't have if we didn't have the patronage of rich people. Like this was the art, the argument that like Jude Doyle. Oh yeah. Made in, are, are they using they or he? I'm not sure. I forget. Um, Jude, I'll just say Jude. Yeah. Um, can't, that's why I, I can't ever like maybe change my name to Jude just because I hate Jude Doyle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause they, Jude's a good name, but. Okay. Oh. Well, from me. Yeah. Um, but um, they, they were sort of pointing out and I'm sorry if, I'm too lazy to look if they use he right now. Um, so Jude like points out that um, uh, like, you know, that in our shitty capitalist system, if we want to have art and art museums, we need rich fucks like the Sacklers, like all of that money. You know, you don't get that kind of money without, you know, it being covered in blood, which is true. It is but true. Not. I don't think that's the argument you want to go with. With the like, and then therefore this is fine. Right. Yeah. I don't think that you should ever make like that is a true statement <laughs> like, that is very this. unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Like I literally brought this up in, I, I think it's been a while since I listened to our, the recording, but in the main episode, when yeah. I talk about that argument, like right before the NFT bubble popped, mm-hmm. that some people, like some guy wrote this article about common criticisms of NFTs. Um, and talking about it, like, you know, a lot of these criticisms are criticisms that people have. Um, they also apply just, that's just how the art market is. I'm like, yeah, (laughs) and that's bad. Right. Yes. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Do your improv, do your yes. And (laughs) so yes. Would we have a lot of this feminist art stuff in this collection without the blood soaked opioid money? No. Does that mean like, we need to be, we need to like prop it up? What would now? I rather have? Yeah. What Would you rather art? have like or... many, many thousands of people still alive? That's the thing. People hold up. Maybe this is where we get into cannibalism a little bit. Are okay. we cannibalizing ourselves <laughs> and each other for the sake of culture and preservation? Do we really hold material objects as more important than people? Right. Like, this was a, a thing about, like, I remember when, when Notre Dame burned. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think anyone died in that, thankfully. And I remember my, 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 one of my best friends who um, almost was an architect, but decided to become a linguist at the last minute, um, but knows a lot about architecture. And mm-hmm. I, I checked in with her. I was like, are you okay? Because <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's fucking Notre Dame, right? And she was like, yeah, but like, I would rather every single, you know, piece of wood and stained glass and a rose window in that break and burn than have one person die trying to save it. Right. And so it's like, I love art. I almost considered being an art teacher when I was in high school. I took a a, a college level art uh, appreciation course in high school. Like I, I love art. I go, I'm a member of the MFA. I go all of the fucking time um like seriously if someone's in town i'm like going to the mfa it's gonna be fun i promise um and i love art like i i couldn't survive like i feel like i couldn't survive without it but i would rather that entire museum burn down and disappear and lose everything inside of it including some of my favorite paintings that exist including all of the john singer sergeants Mm. than like to have it be soaked in blood money and to hold that up as feminist yes yes and like it would yeah. suck, 
but, it would suck you know. it would be sad um we would all live you know unlike uh the we can make victims more art. of the opioid crisis yeah there's artists you know there's no shortage of people who want to make art there's a shortage of um you know material conditions for people to make art and a right. shortage of time but there's no shortage of people who are trying to make art all the time you know and and every museum i mean it would be sad of course like to lose certain certain paintings and to not see them again but like you know every museum has this insanely huge collection of things that you also never ever get to see right um, that's like not on display yeah and every rich per i mean not every rich person but a lot of extremely wealthy people have these warehouses full of art and you know that are just like packed away that we will never ever get to see um be unless they decide to you know donate it to a, a collection for a show um which is also just like weird rich people money laundering shit that i don't understand because i don't have any money but I mean, that's what the art world is about, unfortunately. And if like right. every if museums have to burn, they got to burn, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I think it, like in this sort of like, de uh, like developing uh, politics of cannibalism that I think we are teasing out as mm -hmm. the project of this podcast, um, burn down the museums um you know if they have to burn they burn i think might be in there like yeah people are more important and we can always create more rather than like kill each other and cannibalize each other in order to preserve something i don't know yeah like, yeah to, to think I'm like to we think yeah i don't know i'm rambling now <laughs> no no and i i'm i guess i'm yeah i'm thinking about this like sort of cannibalizing like um you know the precious the preciousness of art like people people freaked out when those um students you know like threw paint or like glued themselves to a painting or whatever and no, i love that yeah and it's like you know if i were i mean not every artist is revolutionary some of them are incredibly fascist and regressive but if i were the artist who someone like glued if I made the painting that someone glued their hand to, I'd be like, eh, fuck it. It's fine. I mean, we're just completely destroying this planet. We aren't. The people in charge are completely destroying the planet that we inhabit. The money that's and, funding that museum. Yeah, and that's where all the money... I mean, so much of that money um, gets funneled in and out of museums every year. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, oil companies spend huge amounts of money funding museum shows and um you know and like hopefully giving themselves like a nice little pat on the back for doing something cultural but it's all just bullshit you know yeah it is yeah and like yeah and shows like this it's like oh fuck burn this show down i mean don't burn down I, it would be sad to lose like the there are some really incredible artists in this show and incredible pieces in this show but like if this is the kind of like scholarship i guess that is going to be 
acceptable at art museums like at least symbolically burn the whole thing down because what is the point of a show like this to like give you a nice little pat on the back and make you feel like oh yeah I also think this art is weird or like icky or like it makes me think too much and I'd rather just have like a post-it note next to Picasso that's like dick joke you know <laughs> like that sucks yeah i fucking the, the new york times review that was great. ended it was with very like, good you know stories are yeah like, stories are important or whatever and you can go find them in like the children's corner of the museum yeah. i was like you're like yeah oh you know, fire yeah not, not to discourse and not that like and like so Donna Haraway, who's one of my favorite theorists, actually Mm -hmm. does a lot of work around the concept of storytelling. But the way that she uses it is very similar to the way that like Judith Butler talks about uh, gender performativity, where Mm -hmm. storytelling is a way of like reifying something like science is storytelling because there is, you know, it's it's how we frame things and we continue to push this framework and way of, of knowing and way of framing things like gender is a story like all of this stuff so like storytelling is powerful mm-hmm. and i don't want like all of the criticism of this show that is like you know talking shit about the whole like focus on just like women's stories therefore good like storytelling right. is for children right. yada, yada, yada. like i i don't want it to get lost the the like how politically powerful storytelling actually can be and i think that's why Hannah's uh like stand up hit so hard originally when it came out mm. because of like this focus on like just really raw storytelling I guess like that's what it is it's a it's a one person show it's not mm-hmm. it's not a comedy special it's a one person show and like that's a cool way you could do an exhibit or something is to go okay if we want to focus on the stories of women in contrast to and in relation to and around Picasso, like, I think that's something you could do and it sure. be actually making a point and not just fuck Picasso. Here's some random women we have. <laughs> yeah. Like that's actually patronizing to the women who are in the show because it's right. just like, we just like went through our collection and like look for some stuff that people like generally and are just like yeah this is about art like this will work you know and like you could argue that like by focusing this show on picasso and even though it's how much you hate picasso the show's still about picasso the show is about picasso right the show isn't about hey it's picasso like you know it's it's uh like the anniversary of well i guess it's the anniversary of his death i can't remember anyway um there's a lot of picasso shows coming out right now because it's the anniversary of something (laughs) but if you were the brooklyn museum and you didn't want to do that you say hey let's do a show of women in cubism like have it be about picasso by not having picasso in it at all and just having women's art that is maybe cubist or in conversation with Picasso's art, but don't have any of Picasso's art in there. Right. Because it can still be a Picasso, quote, Picasso exhibit, you know, in theme, but be like, you know, surprise, like we are actually more talking, yeah, you using that as a way to talk about all of this, like women's art. Exactly. 
and then know. see I, I solved your problem hannah yeah and i think that <laughs> i think yeah i think focusing focusing on the on the man so much and how much you hate him kind of like yeah it makes him still the center and um also for with her focusing on you know she says this is like another thing she says in her in her show put oh, he they. put a he or i'm sorry they i know i'm still getting used to it too yeah um, i don't remember when that happened thank you for correcting me though um uh picasso just put a kaleidoscope filter on his penis when he helped think up cubism um okay so that is insane because that's not what that's not like you were then again saying like you cannot separate the art from the artist so the picasso is cubism is an insult to everyone else who is involved in the movement um and that cubism is based solely on his like dick and his dick ego is also just such a wild thing to say you're basically just saying like i don't like art and if you don't like art don't curate a fucking show for someone <laughs> i miss is hannah non has hannah come out and said that they're non-binary or are they just a, 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 a they them i believe yeah. so and and yeah and i think i know where you're going with this and i <laughs> you I know like exactly it. where i'm going with this for <laughs> a um person who is trans and or trans adjacent um this is some gender essentialist bullshit yes and like this like juvenile anger about dicks like okay I, we all joke about it, but this is like some real rooted, um, uh, like trans misogynist anger yes. that you need to work out. You need to work yes. the shit out, Hannah. Um, it is fine to make fun of men and it is fine to make fun of men with dicks doing dick things. It's, it's very funny to just talk about ejaculating everywhere. It's not a valid form of, uh, criticism. Yeah. It's not a val valid up. form of <laughs> criticism when you are, curating a show around <laughs> gender and right yeah like this also yeah like you're um you know to complicate things even more this does not this seems to exist in a world where everyone either has a penis or a vagina and that's or who is a man and a woman yeah like there's no like there's no question of anyone who is you know falls in any in between on the spectrum or like is trans feminine or trans masculine like nothing it's just like, like wouldn't that be cool to see trans cubist art considering them yes. is already fucking with perspective yes absolutely and like that, word, was wicked. there gender like, and was there and i'm sure there was was there some level of gender fucking that some you know some person at that era was participating in i'm sure there was you know like yeah a very experimental time in europe listeners if you know of cool trans cubists or gender fucky cubism please send it our <laughs> way we want to we want to highlight it exactly if you are a trans cubist artist yeah or a gender know. fucky cubist <laughs> gender fucky cubist that's our that's our um that's when we go and do just like art tangent episodes we're gender fucky cubists yeah um, <laughs> that's us putting a kaleidoscope filter on, on our, our dicks on our brains <laughs> oh no and by but, brain but, i mean dick yeah <laughs> but yeah it's a it's a silly show. I 
I actually like usually I'm like I hate when these things take up so much air in the room, but I actually kind of appreciate it because people don't talk about art very much. No, um, they don't. And so it was kind of cool to have a bunch of people on Twitter suddenly talking about visual art and like maybe if art, maybe if museums could speak to people in a way that we would like to be spoken to people would talk about art more like there is a i would love a funny comedian type exhibit at an art museum where like a comedian worked with a curator and it was funny yeah how good that would be if it was actually good that would be hilarious i would love a funny exhibit right it's not yeah, that we like, hate I fun. think it could be done. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I like fun. I like, I like fun. fun. Yeah, fun's great. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> yeah, John Waters is fun. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, he's got a bathroom named after him in the exactly. um, Baltimore uh, Museum of Fine Art or whatever. Oh, that's a great, the Visionary Museum. Yeah, he's got, um, it's the gender neutral bathroom. It's named after him. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah um eddie what what is that eddie is her going by Susie. yeah um is Susie fun or suzanne but yeah and fun and funny and incredibly smart and has yes. like a really good sense of historical context isn't just like making a joke about putting a kaleidoscope on your dick <laughs> which really doesn't which, make any sense no <laughs> like is the paint the is the cum coming through the kaleidoscope like yeah, it's like a magical dreamscape of, of which I mean, that actually sounds fun. cool. Yeah. So if you that sounds like psychedelic uh, yeah. more than yeah. anything. That sounds like yeah. a Kenneth Anger movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Hannah. <laughs> but yeah, if Hannah had put any time. It already into exists, this, it's called Scorpio Rising. Like, <laughs> right. like put in some, you know, if you're gonna be a curator for a show for a major museum and you'd like people to think about your your thesis for your show seriously like put some effort into it for fuck's sake it's like why does hannah hate picasso a lot of it is because of his violence towards women and the misogynist and homophobic and i would argue transphobic violence that hannah has suffered and it's like that rooted trauma is like that's where it's attached and you could do like i because I know you love trauma. I hate the, the, the I'm also like I the Yasmin Nair. Post oh, yeah. That, that was like trauma. I was yeah. like, yeah, I hate it. I, ha- I hate it too, Yasmin. I, I mean, it. I like trauma, but I also don't think that it should be. I think that it is like Yasmin said, like it is our um, an entrance for queers and women um, mm-hmm. and people of color and like any other sort of marginalized folks to be paid attention to yeah yeah and i think it's a bad um political framework yeah uh, so to be honest trauma is actually quite reactionary um like in like the way that it can you know make us do things and it's like more what we do around it right um, right yeah but like there is an interesting exhibit there that talks about i mean the gorilla girls already did this but like that talks about <laughs> the violence that male artists have committed towards women and mm-hmm. talking about that both depicted in art as well as the artists themselves like reckoning with their right. own collections. I would go see that exhibit. Like yeah. a museum actually going, here's the fucked up shit we have. 
Yeah. Like, and it's this artist you love. Here's the fucked up shit. What do we do with this? Yeah. That would be a great exhibit, I think. I think so. Yeah. I mean, there well, is a, an, we, we get there is an artist. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is an artist in the show. Hello. Hello. Oh, I God. Poundcake. He's got what his is... head on the keyboard. Oh. Um, because it's so warm. Oh. Yeah, he loves it. But um, but the I was Arthur saying, yeah, to hang out near it. Oh, there's um, there's an artist in the show, Anna Mendieta, who was most people think killed by her artist husband Carl Andre, and um, you know, the art world reckons pretty often with like can you still look at his work can you still appreciate his work like he's still alive you know and like um and she's in the show and it's like i don't know it's such a for some reason that one in particular feels like a real like punch in the face to anna mendieta you know because it's like just including her in the show about this one particularly violent man when you know she died at the hands of another particularly violent man and the show is so hyper focused on picasso it's not like well like you know all the other ones are fine or like i don't have time to think about the other ones you know it's a very like neoliberal like there you know this one guy sucks and it's not like a system yeah yeah and i i think that's the ultimate failure of this exhibit is mm-hmm. that it does not it's so focused on the individual that it's a neoliberal critique of male violence in the art world and yeah not actually reckoning with what that means it's just you know hannah gatsby being mad and getting paid to be mad I yeah and just being be like mad. i know me you too know? right i'd be so good at this you know <laughs> I, I could grift i i could i could totally just yeah. like come up with some neoliberal bullshit and be like hey sacklers give me money i could i could i won't you could I could yeah you could <laughs> i'm you so could mad do it. you could be like hannah gatsby but like people shouldn't be like hannah gatsby no don't um, be like hannah gatsby because yeah it's like you're not funny and i guess you dropped out of art school for a reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it in that they act like they have that they're like the best art historian in the, the entire world no this is a horrible horrible like historical uh presentation there's no historicism in it at all it's just no. like no one would have a, a any sense of like where picasso fits because i could feel i feel like people could see the show and like not look at all the you know little placards and be like so we're was this woman making art at the same time as picasso no you know maybe this one was but this one wasn't and you would never know because hannah gatsby just wants to get in her little like one-liners instead of explaining that there are lots of artists particularly like queer artists and women of color who have used like modernist themes and have already like sort of considered the friction between loving a piece of art and understanding that that artist or that you know period of time was incredibly restrictive or oppressive to them like there's artists do that all the fucking time yeah (laughs) and also like i know this is a little bit of uh 
um, overblowing the situation, but maybe not. And I know I'm not the first person to say this, but I think it's important um, that we all be inherently skeptical anytime people are criticizing modern art mm. or modernism on the fact that it's not realist and that it's like oh, weird yeah. and stuff because that that that's fascist. Yeah, like, I, I know that's very reductive to say that like if you don't like modern art, you're fascist because that's not true. But like a lot of like fat of the fascist project and like Nazi project was yes. like getting rid of modern art and calling it degenerate um, yes. and like getting back towards this like imagined perfect pre classical yeah classical period that never existed the renaissance was fascist is my hot take yeah um, no i like i like that <laughs> yeah um, um yeah the dark ages the, weren't called the dark ages because they were backward <laughs> i think calling it the dark ages is also fascist <laughs> no, it sucks. no it sucks like people shouldn't yeah. call it that yeah um, no no but, the renaissance and the enlightenment were a mistake actually oh god the enlightenment Maybe there's a cannibal during the Enlightenment that we could talk about. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think generally it's an anti-communist project. It's a Nazi project. It's a fascist project to... Yeah. Um, Since so much of modern art was inherently like communist and anti-fascist. Yes. Yeah. And also that politicism was like, has been completely ripped out of that kind of work by, you know like MoMA and things like that. Like, you know, the, yeah. that that work isn't about um, utopian ideas or, you know, collective desires or communist thought or anything like that. It was just based on like someone being like, I really like blue, which is, which that's true too. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, any, any final thoughts about it's Pablo-matic? Um, if I was a cannibal, which I promise you, I'm actually not. Yes. Um, I would not eat Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> I knew that's what you were going to say. <laughs> if you were a cannibal, would you eat one of the Sacklers? I think I would. I'd kill them. Okay. But I, I would not defame <laughs> we're gonna, my- We're going to my... be on like- the FBI is gonna knock on our I, door tomorrow. I would not defame my the temple that is my body by consuming yes. them and having their essence become part of me. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's <laughs> my take. Yeah. So, um, but still, you? eat the rich. Eat the rich. Eat the rich, um, even if it's symbolic. Or our co compost the rich. <laughs> oh, or I like something. that. Okay. Yeah, compost the rich. Yeah, compost the rich. Set their houses feed the on rich fire. to your dogs. <laughs> No. Yeah, that's great. Watch Motel Hell. It'll give you a, a good way to think about it. <laughs> yeah, I like that. How about you? Any final thoughts? Um, don't go see this show unless you yeah. want to throw something at it or like. Yeah, do a protest. I don't know. At it. Do a protest. Yeah. Glue yourself to something. And like, I really appreciate the people who are talking about this show seriously. Um, not considering the show seriously, but I do really appreciate people who are talking about the show and how lacking it is. Um, you're doing you're doing the good work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By being critical of um this kind of show. Cause I kind of expected less I actually expected less criticism. So I really appreciate like how much people are just like, I've had it. <laughs> 
I'm yeah, done. The, no I, more. There's a librarian friend of mine who is also gay and 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 gender fucky. Mm-hmm. We're very good. We're very good friends. And 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 they like anytime Hannah Gatsby comes up, they always send me. I think it's the Yasmin Nair piece, but it yeah. might be another another piece. Like it's trauma. Um, <laughs> like and it's like you know. There are dozens of us, dozens, dozens of us queers who hate Hannah Gatsby. <laughs> it's true. Let's form a club. <laughs> the Hannah Gatsby um, hate club. Yeah. And we can talk about um, cool, radical art in a fun way that's not fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but have fun while doing it. Yeah. I'll take everyone to the MFA. Yeah. Gender fucky. Yeah. All right. So good night. Good night.